It's Brad and John. We're on Egbert, Egbert Radio, E-G-G-B-U-R-T. Check it out, egbert.com. You can actually listen or watch the uh, page that's specifically about Egbert Radio, Egbert on air, E-G-G-B-U-R-T, on air.com. Simple as that, 742. I'm Brad. That's John Combest. Okay, let's talk a little bit about St. Charles County and the crazy, weird 36 hours in St. Charles County that happened Sunday, um, I guess, maybe into Monday. Uh, the crime. Well, the strange crime. First off, the story is still coming out. Um, the guy who was what a foreign national wasn't that deal? Wasn't he on like on a on a student visa or something like that in the United States? You mean about the defiant story? Yes, yes. There's a few going on. Yes, yes. He was and it was a student visa, and apparently he came here to go to school somewhere, and ultimately became like. A slave, wasn't that what? Yeah, it, I think it, the kindest way to say it would be indentured, yes. indentured servitude. But he was a slave, right? And they were family members, right? And they wouldn't let him out of the house, and they wouldn't feed him hardly anything at all. And would, he he finally escaped. Wasn't that the deal? He escaped, and and yeah, he 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 called the tip line. Actually, a good Samaritan gave him a phone number for a tip line, and and the guy called the tip line. Okay, that one is still being being fleshed out. Then the Lake St. Louis case, which is interesting as well, too. They got reports of shots being fired at a city park in Lake St. Louis. Police officers show up. They find some of the shell casings. They have an idea of who it might be. Apparently, you know, this goes back to my old dispatcher days, as we used to call them, known characters. They show up at this guy's house. He comes out, got two guns, one tucked in his waistband, one he's waving around. Police try to talk him down. He says no. Uh, he, he looks like he, he was going to try to take a shot at one of the police officers. They tackled him, get him on, got him down on the ground. He fires off a couple rounds while they're, they're, uh, you know, they're, they're struggling with him. And then one of the other police officers shoots him. Ultimately, he dies. And then the other bizarre story is in O'Fallon, not too many hours after that, where if you've been to O'Fallon, the city hall is, is just incredibly beautiful. It's the old Catholic, I want to say, is it like a monastery or something like that? You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, I do, I do know what you're saying. It's yeah. right there just north of the tracks, and it's huge. And it's where like a lot of the Catholic nuns and priests used to live and stuff like that. And there's a big, you know, and they've converted into the city hall because there's no, I don't think there's anybody there anymore. For a while there was, part of it was still used by the Catholics, but I don't think it is anymore. Some guy drives up to the O'Fallon City Hall and shoots at the clock. They got a big old monstrous clock that's on yeah. like a, you know, almost like a back to the future kind of clock, you know what yep. I'm talking about, and put some holes in it. And apparently uh, a couple people saw him do this, gave a description, he jumps in the car, he leaves, gives a, a description of the car. Police go, you know, patrolling the area, see the guy, try to pull him over. He tries to run, ends up in his police uh, chase. They end up in some subdivision of, up in O'Fallon off of, off of M, I believe. And the crazy part of it is he's dead, but I've yet to see a report on how he died. Yeah, I saw I, I saw the post-dispatch story mentioned that the authorities won't say. Yes. There's, 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 I mean, I, I guess we're supposed to gather that it was an officer-involved shooting. Well, I mean, it's sort of weird. Wouldn't you think that if... It, to me, if it was an officer-involved shooting, that would be sort of cut and dried. Look, the guy they shot. Would have to, or they'd be obligated to report that immediately. Right. The f- guy yeah. fired shots at the city hall. Uh, people people saw him do it. They gave description of the vehicle he left in. Police found the vehicle. They tried to pull the vehicle over. The guy ran. Police ch- uh, chase ensued. You know, uh, during the the investigation or during after the the, the chase ended, uh, you know, they traded shots with the police and the, sh- the 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 suspect was shot and later died at a hospital. I mean, yeah, but they're yeah. not saying that, which makes you think that maybe 
you know, I'm just throwing... You might, you might have killed himself. Well, or maybe he got hit by the police car. I mean, there's been instances where there was one not too long ago where, I um, can't remember what city this was in, and it, was, it got tremendous publicity because the guy actually shot, it was a traffic stop, and the guy actually shot a police officer and jumped in the car and left, and they finally chased him down. It was like it was like a uh, you know like a, a high speed chase, and they pit maneuvered him. You know you know what the pit mm-hmm. maneuver is. Yep. So they spin him out, and the guy jumps out of the car, and as he's running toward one of the police officers, another police officer who's flying down the highway to respond to the same thing, hits him and throws him in the air like fifty feet. And they were going oh. like they're going like that that wasn't right. You know people are saying right. they hit him with a police car. You know, matter of fact, there's another, there's an instance down in, was it Georgia, where there was a police officer that did the same thing, where he, he, a guy went through a crowd of people and hit a bunch of people with some kind of protest, and he went through the crowd and hit a bunch of people and put a couple people up on the, on the hood of the car, and this cop just T-boned the guy's truck and literally jumped out of the, 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 the patrol car at the time when the patrol car was like stuck into the front door of the, the truck oh. he was chasing. He yanks the guy out of the car, <laughs> pulls him across the, the, the hood of the police car and throws him on the ground and jumps down in handcuffs. And people go, look, look at that, police brutality. I don't know. Yeah, hard to say. I can, I can tell you one that I witnessed personally. What's that? In my police dispatching days. What happened? This is a true story. Me, my own eyes. Had a call for a guy, and I won't give all the specifics because people might figure out exactly where I'm talking about, but it was a concert, and I had a call for a guy who was got backstage at the concert and was threatening people with a knife and was, was literally running around threatening people with a knife, and the department I worked for responded, found the guy, and the guy apparently was either really high on drugs or something else. And they put him in handcuffs, and he would not get into any. And when they tried to get him into the police car, remember this is in the old days where they're using Crown Vicks, which are not as tall as the, as the uh, SUVs they're using right now. The guy would not bend his body to get into the police car. In other words, he was standing up straight and would not get into the police car. Yep. And he's standing there on, on the car. And the one officer, two officers, one officer says, you know, you know, bend your body, get in the car. And he wouldn't get in. So the one officer grabbed his head and bashed it on the roof of the police car and sliced his forehead from side to side. The great big old monstrous gash. And then the guy got in the police car. I saw that up close, up close and personal. And today there that would be on video and on TikTok and right, you know, right. Ten minutes. Right. And to the point where it was, okay, was the officer justified? Probably not. But in the situation, was the guy being Mr. Goodbar? You know, was he being, you know, first, right. off, first off, he's chasing people backstage at a concert with a knife. Second off, they arrest him. He won't get in the police car. I mean, what do you do? You know, I mean, it's one of those things where. So, God, Brad, what you're saying is that this is what actually happened at the Axl Rose concert at Riverport <laughs> when Axl Rose was acting a fool. And and the the cops had to had to take him by force. I think you just revealed it was Axel Rose at Riverport, and now you're now no. you're a mandated reporter in the next court case. No. The crazy thing about that story is when that story came out, it brought back shades of when I used to work at the police department because we patrolled this one area, had concerts all the time. Won't say what it was, but it brought back memories because I think to myself, man, I know exactly what they're going through because yeah, yeah exactly. Good it was, God, it was. 
was crazy times. I mean, you know what's funny about this? The people that don't know that story, you know, our younger listeners, that's like a footnote in rock and roll history. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And I mean, Brad, what happened recently? Something happened recently where where um this case, where the Axl Rose thing came, came for those who don't know, he was the lead singer of Guns N' Roses. Right. And in, and I think it was 1989, around that time, he, he had a concert here, and he ended up, uh, what was it, people threw things at him? No, he had, apparently there was somebody, a photographer, because if you notice nowadays, there's a deal that you can't take, uh, if you try to take a professional style camera, what they call, if you have a, like a, a camera that has, you know, essentially an SLR, a DSLR, if you have a camera that has what they call interchangeable lenses, uh, which is deemed now a professional camera, you can't take that into a concert venue because of the fact that they don't want anybody in there taking really good com- you know, sp- uh, shots. Commercial-grade commercial yeah, photography. Yeah, for commercial purposes. Right, exactly. Yeah. Now, nowadays, the problem is you get an iPhone you know, with Macs and stuff like that. I mean, it'll shoot as good as, sometimes not better than a, a you know, professional, you know, like a, a, yeah. a Canon uh, R-series or Canon or, or, or Nikon X-series camera, okay? So... Apparently, he was yelling at somebody in the front row who had a professional camera, and they didn't want that, and he was motioning to the guards to have him thrown out, and they didn't, and that's when the whole thing started. So, and he jumped down to the crowd, I guess, to take care of matters himself, because the security decided, we're not messing with them, and Axel yeah. decided, yes, you are, I'll mess with them, and that's how the whole crazy thing started. Which you and know. you're right. I mean, it is. It, it's part. Of, it's and I just looked it up. It was July second, nineteen ninety one. Ninety one. Jumped into the crowd at Riverport. Do you still call it Riverport, Brad? I, I do. <laughs> Which is crazy. It's been. I think it was Riverport, and then it was was UMB uh, UMB Bank. And then Arena. it was Verizon for a while, right? Yes, and then it was. And then it was something else for a while. See, the crazy thing about that is, is that like there was a story in the Post Dispatch. Shelley and I kidded about this about two or three years ago. That talked about how St. Louisans are against changing names of people of things. Yeah, because, I saw that because that everybody funny. still calls. And you drive the MoDOT people crazy if you talk about Highway 40. They'll go, it's not 40, it's 64, it's Interstate 64. And nobody calls it. That's how you can tell if somebody's new to town. Right. They say, oh, yeah, you take Highway 64 west. No, you just hop on 40. Yeah, hop on 40, right. Uh, and all the different things. I mean, like, think about it. Like, the the what is now the Enterprise Center has been, originally that was... The Keel Center, and then and it then was Scott Trade. Remember Scott, Scott Trade Center, was a right? Great right. St. Louis company, right? And remember the the dome was originally the TWA dome. That's right. And they had, the Twa Dome, right? The Twa Dome, and then it was the Edward <laughs> Jones Dome. And when the the Rams left town, it was the Nothing Dome. Now it's America's yeah. Dome or whatever, you know. And and what's crazy, there's still highways that they renamed and stuff like the thing that still drives people nuts is, and it's funny because being an old traffic reporter, I still hear this being referenced is when they put in the new Stan Span Bridge, they changed yep. the designations for the interstates downtown. And the bizarre part of it is, it's still weird. It used to be that 44 ended or started, whichever way you're going. If you're going east on 44, it ended right there in South City, not too far from the brewery, right where it runs into 55, mm-hmm. and it started. Well, now 44 goes through downtown, through the depressed section, and on to uh, uh, 70 in North City. And one spot, at one point, you're going east on 44, and then magically you're going west on 70. Yeah. Which everybody's yeah. still like, huh? And it, Now, is, that, is, is the possible explanation for that because they – because MoDOT wants to add, or somebody wants to add a few additional miles no, the for reason, funding, or what? The reason for that was that when they put in the stand span bridge, 
that is now Interstate 70. So in other words, when you're going east on okay. 70 and you get off onto the Stanspan Bridge and go into Illinois, that is now 70. So in other words, they eliminated essentially 70 ends right there where the Stanspan Bridge is. And essentially, it goes across, 70 now goes across the Stanspan. It used to go across the Poplar Street Bridge, but now it doesn't anymore. So then it, it goes, and, the, and then you go through East St. Louis on Interstate 70, the new section of Interstate 70, and then it, matter, it, it mates up with the old old stretch of 70 there in East St. Louis at the 557064 interchange. So, it's complicated. You know, and, and it's still to the point where if 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 you're driving through town and you're going like you're on eastbound 44 and let's say you're you know, you know, you you got your your Google Maps going or whatever, you got your in, in in car navigation it says head east on eastbound 44 to westbound 70. And all of a sudden, one minute it says <laughs> you're now on westbound 70 going like, "Now how did I go from east to west and I'm still driving the same direction?" You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, lots of luck hey you know the one thing that hasn't changed names that's turning what hasn't changed names brad that's turning 25 next year what's that the family arena and it has never changed names yeah, but there's a whole story behind that. You talk to Steve, uh, uh, Steve Elman. He still hates that place. I don't say he hates it. He there's if there's a whole history of that, and we were involved. Matter of fact, KSLQ we promoted the very first event at the Family Arena. We were involved in that promotion. So long, how long I've done this right? And you know who it was? John Cougar Mellencamp. No way. Yeah, the very first concert, John Cougar Mellencamp. I had no idea. And, yeah. and apparently, according to Wikipedia, it's still the home of the St. Louis Ambush. The Ambush are still playing there. Yeah, I don't know. Allegedly. Okay, um, let me. I'm trying to think. Here. Oh, interesting story. This is not necessarily local, but uh, about the Sylvester Sloan returns to Philadelphia and shares top frustration. No, not, I haven't heard this. Uh, Any anyway, boy, it's interesting. They had a big. They had a big thing there. Um, uh, Rocky Balboa is still re- resonating with audience 47 years after his debut in 1976, and now fans can gather in celebration of the beloved fictional boxer on a dedicated day. Did you know about this? No, I, had, I missed didn't. it. It was it was Sunday, December third. Third is now Rocky Day in Philadelphia with festivities, and this because the, 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 this was the inaugural one. It was head uh, led by Stallone himself. And essentially, it's a day when, uh, matter of fact, there was a whole thing. He had they had a, a big presentation. He was the guest speaker in the whole bit, and it talks about. Um, he says, and these are quotes from him. He says, "There are certain opportunities, conundrums, issues, problems, journeys, challenges that everybody from every country, every cultural culture has to face, and they may be somewhat different, but they usually deal with the same kind of. I just want to achieve something. I want." people to be proud of me. I want to raise a family. I want to be support my daughter. It's that kind of a fear or thinking I'm really nobody inside. People look at me, but on the inside, I feel weak and shallow. That's what the character was. He's wow. essentially embodying the the whole thing, if you know the whole thing with Rocky. Yeah. It's hard to believe that's 47 years ago. Is that and, crazy? And, and well, first of all, that, that's a really great statement from Stallone. What what people don't know is that on, on, on Rocky Day, in honor of Sylvester Stallone at the hospital, every baby has to be delivered by forceps so you know and 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 years from now when everybody has a little bit uh, of a touch and needs the speech therapist they're going to attribute it to sylvester stallone day or rocky balboa day i'm not going to touch that one john <laughs> i just thought right and and for folks who don't know i just thought sylvester stallone might have uh i just thought he had a funny accent i thought maybe he was ethnic but he was delivered by forceps as a baby so which is why he he had a speech impediment and it became one of his signatures. I'm not going to touch that one, John. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. 
I mean, I, I don't, I don't think, I don't think anybody's going to come after us after that. But, I hope not. I mean, maybe not us, but maybe me. But okay, last thing of the day, and we don't have much time to talk about this. Maybe we'll carry this over tomorrow. A father is suing the state's largest school district, claiming staff refused to let him display a straight pride flag. <laughs> oh, that's terrific. Alongside the progress pride, pride flags on view throughout the children's Denver school district. He's, hey, straight lives matter, Brad. It's time for you to start no, recognizing Here's what's that. interesting. I looked that up. There is a straight pride flag. Do you know this? I didn't know that. <laughs> yes. Wow. Matter of fact, if you go to Wikipedia, the only problem is it shows like it shows like three or four different flags, and it talks about how neither none of them have. Let me see if we can find it again. Straight, straight pride. I'm thinking to myself, I didn't know this existed. I saw this article yesterday. I thought to myself, we'll talk about that tomorrow. Yeah, here it is. Straight Pride is a reactionary slogan that arose in the eight uh, the 1980s and early 1990s and has primarily been used by social conservatives as a political stance and strategy. The term Beautiful. is described as a response to gay pride, a slogan adopted by various groups later united under the moniker, moniker of LGBTQIA in the early 70s are to accommodations provided to gay pride initiative. So it's the straight pride flag. Do you have I one? I need another. I need another standard at the front of my house because I have a, I have an American flag and now I need a second flag. Did you have? Do you have a straight pride flag in your? You need one, right? I need one. Yeah. <laughs> if you're looking for a Christmas gift, Brad, there you go. Okay, John, we got to go. Talk to you tomorrow. All right. Bye bye. It's eight o'clock.